Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Johnson from Bethel Lady Church. Thank you for downloading our podcast. We are so glad we could connect with you through this podcast. Please ensure you subscribe to receive new messages every week. We pray this podcast builds your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and motivates you to live a life of excellence for the glory of our Lord. Thank you for your support. Enjoy the message. Uh, I want to learn with you from God's holy word on two men in the Bible. And today's message is titled, Growing While Going. Growing While Going. See, a lot of times we think that learning and growing is a classroom experience. We think that growing and being taught is a classroom experience. You have to sit down in the class, take notes, learn. Well, in the Bible, you find that God also trains us, not just teaches us. Teaching happens in a classroom, but training happens on the job, in the field, in the workshop, while on the go. So God not only teaches us, but he also trains us. Now, David, you know, was a classic character in the Bible who was being trained and growing while going. His attitude really helped his anointing. Sometimes, oh, this is funny. Sometimes God's grace on your life can take you high into blessed places where your character is required to retain you there. Sometimes God's grace and blessing, God's favor and mercy can take us to a high place, but our character brings us down to where we started from. And so it's important that we associate our character with the purpose of God's anointing, that we really commit to building and growing our character so that we can support, facilitate we can really uh, complement the great plan of God to build our lives for God's glory. And, and this is where it becomes important to minimize the gap between what we know and how we behave. In everybody's life, there is a gap. It's called the knowledge behavior gap. So we know what's right, we know what's best, we know the most beautiful way of doing things, but then when we actually practice it, there's a big gap between the two. And to bridge the gap, to get our behavior more accurate based on what we know is right, what we know is best, what we are convinced about is accurate, is the effort we need to make because God wants us growing while going in the direction of God's will. You know, when you look at the life of David, you have to contrast it with the life of King Saul because the shepherd boy David was selected by God while the King David was uh, selected by God. It's very interesting. Uh, both the shepherd boy and the king in the person called David were selected by God. But it was David's responsibility to grow from being a shepherd boy into being a king. Similarly, God had selected a guy called Saul. This Saul was selected to be a king. But Saul became a king without growing, without changing. And what a tragedy it has become that the first king of Israel 
was a man who tried to murder the second king of Israel. Pathetic. So when you look at the two lives of King David and King Saul, King Saul, of course, the first one who was selected by God, and because he failed to grow, God had to select a second man, and his name was David. David, of course, is so popular. There are movies on David. There are songs on David. Uh, David is taught in management classes, even non-Christian atheists. People who don't even believe in God. All of them use stories of David in leadership, in, um, in combat, in warfare, uh, in, in different levels. It's a story from the Holy Bible that has changed the way the world understands leadership. So let's look at that. King Saul was a young man who came from an average family who was searching for something that his father had lost. But then the prophet Samuel found him as a man that God had selected and poured the anointing oil on him and said, you are the king of Israel. And in a few months time, he was anointed and christened as the first king of Israel. All the 12 tribes of Israel came together and they were so proud that they finally had a monarch. They had a king, they had a kingdom, they had the kind of what is relevant in that day's world. They were excited about it. I mean, think about the joy in Israel. Finally, after so many years of coming out from slavery in Egypt, and having possessed the promised land, at least most parts of it, for the first time they had a government. Because until then, they were ruled by judges who were led by the Holy Spirit. They were governed by prophets who were led by the Holy Spirit. But they wanted more of a democratic voice. And they felt that one of them becoming the king was the way to do it. And so finally they had this King Saul as their king. But one of the problems with Saul was, he was not willing to grow. Can happen to you and me. While we are on the job, if we don't have an improvement plan, if we don't have a growth plan, if we don't have a desire to get becoming better at being a father, at being a brother, at being a husband, at being a friend, well, chances are that it's quite possible we become distinct in a negative sense less effective in the true meaning of it and sometimes negative in its total sense. God wants us to be people who grow while on the go. It's not enough to go. We need to grow while on the go. Many people get excited. Hey, I'm on a journey. I'm moving from where I was to where God wants me to be. That's fantastic. But it cannot just happen with the change of location. It requires a transformation from within. Change of location, change of position, change of relationship are all fantastic things in the process of going where God wants us to go. But that's not enough. We need to grow within while we are growing in other areas of life. So growing is so important. One of the first differences I want to point out for many of you uh, is the fact that King Saul, though being a king, grew more insecure and selfish. He grew very insecure and he grew more selfish. <laughs> You see this happening again and again in, in a variety of settings around the world. But 
Shepherd David grew more serving and more secure. While King Saul held the position, the shepherd boy called David held the function. It's very interesting. Position doesn't make you a leader. It only gives you an opportunity to lead. It is your function that makes you a leader. A lot of people don't have position, but they function in leadership. You know, one of the popular stories in leadership is about how the Queen of England is the positioned leader, but people didn't really listen to her. They used to listen to a young princess called Diana. They would listen to her. She lost her position, but she had a function of touching the hearts and lives of people and taking up causes that were good for humanity. And so people ignored the position of a queen and listened to the function of a princess. You know what? Leadership is not position, it's function. Don't be upset that you're not given a position to lead. If you can just get up, roll your sleeves, pull up your socks, tighten your belt and get to work and function in what you know is a God-given task in your life, something that improves the society, position may or may not come to you, but function will make you the person people look up to. But King Saul, he grew insecure, he grew selfish, insecurity, you know, oh, I might lose what I have. Somebody else might take away what belongs to me. Selfish. It doesn't matter if others are blessed. I need to be blessed. It doesn't matter if I uh, don't care about others. I have to care about me, myself and I and nobody else. Now, it's important to care for yourself, but it's very important that you don't care only for yourself. You must care for more than just yourself. David, in the meanwhile, see, he's not a king. He's a shepherd boy. And he's running from place to place. He is hiding from King Saul, who's trying to kill him. And shepherd David should actually be more insecure, more scared, more afraid. Why? Because there is a king trying to kill him. But do you know what? David became more secure. Well, he took care of himself, he protected him, but uh, he became so secure, he knew God was protecting him, he knew God was on his side, and therefore deep within, he was not insecure of losing, he was secure that God will fulfill what God had promised. And he started serving. While he was running away from people trying to kill him, the little time he got in between, the little opportunities he got in between, he did good for the people who wouldn't respond with any kind of thanks or gratitude. But he still did good because he was growing within. You don't do good because others deserve it. You do good for others because you are good. A fountain gives out water not because it feels people deserve water. It gives out water because it's a fountain. And that's what it does. God gives good to the righteous and to the unrighteous. Not because the unrighteous and sinners deserve good. But God gives good to both because God is a good God. And so he gives out good. You and I need to be like our heavenly father. Do good, not because somebody deserves it, but because that's who we are. We are good and out of good, only goodness can come out. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to give you two quick stories. You know, look at this. When Saul found David, Saul was king. 
and David was a shepherd boy. And Saul was threatened by the success of David, a shepherd boy, and tried to kill David. When a king tries to kill a shepherd boy, what are his chances of living? Almost zero. But David made it. Why? Because David found his security in God. Amen. Now, fast forward a few years, 40 years later, here is King David in the palace and there is a young Absalom trying to become king. What did David learn in his life? Kings will kill the competitors. Kings will kill those who try to take their position. But what did David do? David, instead of killing Absalom, David left the palace and ran away. The Bible says the prophets like Nathan and others asked questions. What are you doing, O good king? How could you abandon the palace and run away when someone threatens you? David's answer was simple. I don't learn administration from King Saul. I learn administration from God's grace. If God has wanted me to be the king, he will take care of Absalom. I don't have to kill him. I don't have to play politics. I'll do what I have to do. What happened? How could David do that? <laughs> you know, think about, I'll give you another story. Think about this. David was constantly on the run for at least 15 years or 20 years. He was on the run because King Saul was trying to kill him. And finally, King Saul dies in a battle. What does David do? Oh, God gave me victory. Hallelujah. Oh, look at the way God punished my enemies. No. What did David do? He wrote a song of lament. He wrote a song of, of tears. He wrote a song as a tribute to Saul and his son Jonathan. He wrote a song that praised them and taught Israel to sing it and banned the media and banned anybody who would talk bad about Saul and Jonathan. Can you think about that? David was the first one to raise a tribute in favor of Saul saying they were anointed by God. Nobody is going to speak against them. Excuse me, this is not common. This is not normal. And that's why God said, David is a man according to my heart. Hallelujah. There's something that we have to learn here. You know, how did David learn? How did David grow? I want to show you something. David learned and grew by seeing. Psalm 32, 8. And the Bible says, Psalm as David is singing, God will instruct you and teach you in the way in which you should go. And God is saying, I'll guide you with my eyes. David is singing the psalm where he's saying, God guides me with his eyes. You can't see God's eyes until you stop looking at everything else and only at his eyes. If you're looking at what his hands are carrying for you in provision, if you look at what the enemies are trying to do against you, if you're trying to look at things that entertain you otherwise, you will miss what God is teaching you by his eyes. A lot of times, God will instruct you through his eyes. 
Not through his lips, not through his words, not through his gestures, but through his eyes. David learned something and it was this. Look at the face of God and let the eyes of God guide you. I feel the Holy Spirit this morning is teaching some of you something so profound that you don't want to miss. Learn from the eyes of God. What does it mean? If God is looking in a direction, that's the direction you want to look at. If God has a perspective on something, that's the way you want to see it. If God has an opinion, that's your opinion. If God has a way of understanding something, that's the way you want to understand it. If God has a way of perceiving something, you want to perceive it, not the way the world perceives it, not the way your enemies perceive it, not the way your friends perceive it, but you want to perceive life. The way God perceives it. Your paradigms come from his eyes. Hallelujah. David was growing while he was going because he had his eyes on the eyes of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Are your eyes locked on the eyes of God? It's important. Second, David strengthened himself in God, while Saul strengthened himself in wickedness. Saul had to be strong. He was a king and he couldn't be weak. And so he began to devise crafty plans, shrewd methods, politics of that time to make sure that any uprising was quashed, you know, was quelled, was crushed, was destroyed. And so he strengthened himself in wickedness. That's what King Saul did. But what did David the shepherd boy do? Even when he became king or as a shepherd, he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I, I, cannot, I cannot avoid this uh, example. There was a place called Ziklag. Ziklag. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny name. And something funny happened there. David uh, was running away from King Saul. He was hiding in a place called Ziklag and something happened there that he lost. Uh, uh, some people came and stole uh, all his property, his staff, his family, the people with him. They all lost their families and their things. So David's people who were with David, you know, they were so upset that they got angry with David. You know, sometimes people with you can turn against you, not because you did something wrong, but because they are so upset and they can't see whom to fight. And the only one they get to see is you and they want to fight you. And you think, oh, they are against me. They're not really against you. They're frustrated. They're angry and they want to fight somebody. And unfortunately, they are not wise enough to fight the real problem and they end up fighting you. Right? Now, so the Bible says when the people who were with David began to speak of stoning David to death. Now, this is bad. You know why it's bad? Because these fellows who are with David that have turned against David were people who were useless, were people who were cast away from the society, were people who were ostracized, were people that were punished, were isolated were incarcerated. Now David took these guys and trained them. Now David is a smart stone thrower and a worshiper. So the two things he taught these boys were how to throw stones and how to worship. And these guys are using what David taught them 
against David. That's bad, huh? And it gets worse. These guys are talking about stoning David. Who taught them to stone? David. And whom do they want to stone now? Their teacher. Terrible. The Bible says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. You know, when his own people turned against him, he didn't weaken himself with his enemies. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Do you weaken yourself with your situation or do you strengthen yourself in your Savior? David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. What was the principle? He was learning by hearing. He would choose what to hear and what not to hear. The first, he was listening by seeing. His eyes were locked on to God's eyes. Second, he was listening and growing by hearing. His choice of what to hear was important. Let's read another psalm he wrote. It's in uh, Psalm 38 and verse 12 and 13. Those who want to kill me, set their traps. Those who would harm me, talk of my ruin. All the day long they scheme and they lie. But look at verse 13. I am like the deaf who cannot hear and like the mute who cannot speak. You know what David did? When people spoke against him and when he could hear all the gossip against him, he acted like he was deaf and he didn't respond as if he was mute. He acted deaf and dumb. Hey, there's something you and I want to learn. Sometimes you grow by choosing what to hear and by choosing what not to hear. By choosing what you speak and by choosing what not to speak. And David chose not to hear certain things and pretended to be dumb and deaf. Dumb, he didn't respond. Deaf, he didn't allow his ears to register what he heard. We don't just grow by being trained in things that we always hear. We grow by also avoiding things that we shouldn't hear. Hallelujah. I strongly feel in my spirit today is a powerful word for many men and women who want to transform and grow in the grace of God. Two men in the Bible, King Saul and Shepherd David. King Saul would just lap up. Anybody says anything wrong, he would receive it and go after them. But King David, when people were talking about killing him and pulling him down and speaking lies about him, he chose to act like a deaf guy and didn't even hear what they said. <laughs> he didn't even hear what they said. He didn't listen to them. He didn't give them the time of the day. He didn't give them attention. He ignored it as if they didn't exist and moved on because he was growing on the inside. You cannot grow if you're going to lick up every wrong thing, every wrong comment, everything that people talk against you and misunderstand you. Choose your battles wisely. Some quarrels you got to ignore because there are bigger war that God wants you to win. Hallelujah. Don't let a quarrel stop you from the great victory that God has in the battles ahead. The Bible says David pretended to be deaf. That's another way he was growing. Can you and I make that decision in our lives? God, I'm going to pretend deaf at 
times and places and occasions where people are trying to pull me down, I'm going to pretend deaf. I'm going to pretend dumb, not because I can't give it back to them. Some wise man once said, when you argue with a fool, the biggest problem is you look like one of them. <laughs> when you argue with a fool, the biggest problem is you look like one of those fools. It's important. It's a Bible principle from David's leadership and life. Ignore the things that you have to ignore for the grace that God has put in your life. Hallelujah. Third, David repented. It's not like David was always right. Men can never be always right. <laughs> I can hear a lot of ladies shouting hallelujahs. All right, ladies, you have your opportunity today. Men can never be always right. It's true about women also. Men can never be always right. David made his mistakes. The only man who was never wrong was Jesus, the son of God. And he never married. <laughs> his marriage is going to happen, but that will be in heaven. It's called the marriage of the lamb. Hallelujah. And of course, it's not going to be a physical marriage like we have in the world. It's a spiritual union, which is different, but it's still called the marriage of the Lamb. Except Jesus, there's no man perfect. The Bible says all men, all human beings have fallen short of the glory of God. So here is David. He had mistakes in his life. But you know what he had? Beyond the mistake was repentance. Don't put a period don't put a full stop after your mistake. After each mistake, attach repentance. Hallelujah. Where the devil wants to put a full stop after your mistake, put a comma and write an apology and write a repentance to God. And you know what? The grace of God will take you forward from where the devil wanted to crush you. David repented. But Saul never felt sorry for any of his sins. Why? Because he wasn't growing while going. He never repented. David repented. What a big difference in the destiny because of the difference in attitude. David repented. Saul did not. There's a classic case which you talk about David, um, you, there are two stories that stand out. One is David and Goliath, and the other is David and Bathsheba. David and Goliath, David cast the stone and killed the giant. David and Bathsheba, Bathsheba didn't even cast a stone. And the giant David was on the floor. Sad story. But he repented. He repented. He repented because he learned by feeling. He learned by seeing the eyes of God. He learned by hearing, by choosing to be deaf, by choosing to be dumb, at ignoring things that were not important. Third, he learned by feeling the heart of God. That's how you learn and you grow. You learn to feel the heart of God. Let's read Acts chapter 13 and verse 22. And when God had removed Saul, God raised up David to be their king, of whom God testified and said, I have found in David 
the son of Jesse, a man after my heart. You look at that, a man after my heart who will do all my will. What's the meaning of the word, a man after my heart? It means a guy who understands my feelings. God says, the guy understands what I feel. When God was feeling terrible about the sin of David, and it became obvious to David, he learned this has displeased God beyond a certain level. And the guy goes public. He goes national news. He goes 8 p.m. public announcement on national media saying, guys, I'm wrong. I've sinned. I don't deserve to be on the throne. God, take away anything. Do you know what? The guy wrote it and made it a song and got the children to learn it. To let them know, I'm not perfect. I'm ordinary. And he said, God, I have sinned before you. Things that are hard for you to forgive. But I trust in your grace. Forgive me, God. And this won't happen again. Forgive me, Master. I'm sorry. He apologized to God, not in private, in public. And guess what? As if that was not enough, he not only apologized, he went ahead with seeing how he could restore it back with God. And he said, God, take away the throne, take away the kingdom. Here's the blank paper, and I'm ready to write my resignation. But one condition, don't take your spirit away from me. Because if there is something I value, it is your Holy Spirit. I value your Holy Spirit. Don't take away your presence from my life. Don't take away your Holy Spirit from me. He learned by feeling the heart of God. You know, there are some prayers God cannot ignore. There are some prayers when you say, God says, shut up, man, throw that blank paper in the garbage. I've got greater plans for you. There is no sin my blood cannot cleanse. There is no such thing that can stop me from forgiving you. When you repent, I forgive you. David repented. He felt sorry for his mistakes and he was ready to correct his path because he learned by feeling the heart of God. Hallelujah. We are smart to feel what society thinks. We are smart to feel what friends think. We are smart to feel and assume what others think. But do we care about what God thinks? Do we care to sense what God feels? David did. He cared. You learn by seeing the eyes of God. You learn by being careful at what you hear. And you learn by sensing the heart of God. The Bible says, David grew right. He was growing while going. But Saul didn't grow. And because I told you about Saul, you probably learned something. Otherwise, he is the most ignored king in the Holy Bible. You know why? The guy didn't grow. Sometimes our growth is progressive. Sometimes our growth is spontaneous. That's okay. But growth should happen. We must grow. Grow for sure. Whether it's slow or fast, it's all right. 
but grow for sure. And people who grow are people who learn. Let's learn from our Creator. Our eyes are closed, our heads are bowed. Heavenly Father, this beautiful day, I speak your blessing on your people. As David grew within, I pray that each one of us will grow. We will grow from within, knowing that our inside, we are changing and growing. With so many confusions that are happening around us in this world we live in, thank you for the clarity that comes by your word. Bless your people, anoint your people, and I pray your victory will be on them, Father. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus, if there is a bondage or a sickness, if there is some kind of a habit or something that stops your people, maybe a fear, maybe confusion that stops your people, maybe some opposition that stops your people from personal growth, let those be removed in the name of Jesus. Let there be a healing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I declare your goodness upon your people. Breakthrough by the blood of Jesus. Deliverance by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your mighty touch. Growing while going. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I believe in my heart the Lord has spoken to us. God bless you all. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I believe that you are blessed. Please connect with us for prayer or counseling. Please do call us or visit our website or visit us. The details are given in the description. We'll be glad to serve you. Do subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to encourage you in your journey in Christ. Please do share it with your friends too by clicking the share button. We are praying for you. God has great plans for your life. Thanks again for participating, listening. God bless you.